Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Prudential. Prudential believes life is filled with moments that test our courage. Their podcast, Everyday Bravery, celebrates those moments with stories to help you face your own challenges. Subscribe to Everyday Bravery now, wherever podcasts are available. This podcast was recorded live in the Grammy Museum Experience Prudential Center, the first and only experience of its kind on the East Coast, located at 165 Mulberry Street, Newark, New Jersey. For tickets to visit the museum, please visit www.grammymuseumexp.org. This is Leaders Create Leaders, and I'm your host, Gerard Adams. This is a podcast showcasing today's changemakers who dedicate themselves to creating the best tomorrow possible with vision, with hustle, and showing up world class. They offer advice, they offer lessons, but most importantly, they offer you their mentorship because leaders create leaders and leaders are the ones that are impacting our world. Every grand endeavor began as a creative thought and took not only time, but work to bring into the world. Anyone can dream, but it takes a truly creative soul and entrepreneur to realize a dream from something within our heads into a real tangible thing we can touch, weigh, and cherish. Nasid Gifted is one of our finest examples of a real life hero. No cape necessary, just all grit and heart and everyday determination to save lives. What makes Nasid a hero isn't just because he's an exceptional entrepreneur, but because through all his callings and expectations, he is also now the head principal at Malcolm X Shabazz High School in North New Jersey, using his creative entrepreneurship to educate his students in STEM and other developmental pursuits. Please give a warm welcome to the one and only Nasid Gifted. Wow, thank you, thank you. Peace, everybody. How's everybody doing out there? <laughs> love it, I love it. So why don't we start with, who is Nasid Gifted? I'm a father, uh, educator, engineer, and then a writer for um, sci-fi comic book series called PB Soldier, as well as the creative director of an entertainment studio called uh, PBS Media, which is uh, Focus Black Star Media where we create animation, gaming, and uh, the comic book series. So talk to me a little bit about your, the history with Newark and how it shaped you. Well, I got a trivector, right? So I was born, raised, and educated in Newark. So that, that's, that's pretty much my, my pathway. Uh, I went to Newark Public Schools. I went to George Washington Carver. I went to Science High School here in Newark. And then I went on to pursue electrical engineering at uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology, NJIT. So that, that's, you know, like my, my history. And then to come back, I was working in engineering for a while. Then I left and uh, became an educator at Central High School. Um, so that, that's kind of like my whole history within Newark. So that element is what shaped me and built me to the, you know, the person that I am today. You know, just being able to uh, give back and, and be a, you know, a role model and a face you know, to say that good things, because, you know, when you look at media, media shows you all of the negative things about Newark. But, you know, I wanted to stand here and be able to shed light on there's a lot of great things happening here in Newark, New Jersey. Yeah, amazing. Uh, one thing that I 
you know, I really appreciate about you is on top of being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you have stepped up as an educator. So talk to me about what has inspired you to, to really take that role here. Well, it's, it's really my activity in the community. So while I was in college, I started my first business, right, um, which was uh, PBS Unlimited. It wasn't PBS Media, it was PBS Unlimited. But a part of our community initiatives, we used to do uh, workshops with children. And with that, we look to raise the creators of tomorrow and inspire the next generation of technology leaders. That was, that was our whole purpose. And doing that, it was just an easy transition to be able to transition into education uh, from what I was doing in engineering. And it was just more fulfilling. So after, you know, I filled the void of becoming an engineer and everything and worked in the field for several years, I basically went and still did community stuff and working with uh, children just looked to uh, expose them to the, you know, the unique experiences that I had that made me want to go and be a creator or pursue the path to be an engineer. So my mission was to inspire the next generation of engineers. And that's how I got into education. So uh, I was a math teacher as well as teaching engineering classes to uh, hope get those students inspired to, you know, move into the STEM fields. In 2005, Nasid decided to launch his company, PBS Media. It was a pursuit of conscious creativity, hoping to change the world through art and entertainment. Yet the medium he chose was still interesting. Graphic novels, comics, all of these mediums seemed such a challenging niche to break into for his pursuits. So what made comics the specific medium to change education rather than any other format? Comics is one of the, the great untapped medias, right? Uh, when we talk about adolescence and we talk about learning in general, words generate pictures. Every word has a picture. And from adolescence, you learn through pictures. So to be able to take that medium, which is the comic book, and be able to infuse that with STEM topics and everything and be able to teach various STEM concepts and then hopefully inspire individuals into these STEM concepts, these STEM fields, and, and just be able to move that accordingly. So one of the things I do is I actually do workshops on how to use comics to teach them. Because one thing that happens when you go from middle school to high school and then into college, information becomes more abstract and they can't create these mental models. And being that they can't create the mental models, they can't, people can't connect to the content. So now you are able to regurgitate some of the information, but you can't make a concrete model of how to connect it and dive deeper into the content. So uh, with comic books, you're able to develop those mental models and then be able to leverage that as a medium to, you know, teach various concepts. It's just, it's interesting to me. The reason why I'm, I'm really inspired is like, mm -hmm. as a young man, I mentioned earlier that the one thing I wanted my parents to be able to really give me when I was young, I think I was maybe, I don't know how old I, I, I want to say middle school that like going, getting ready to go into high school. When I asked my mom and father, like, Hey, I would like to go to art class. I would like to go to, I would really like to go and take it else a kind of a step further mm -hmm. and dive into that. But I felt like I felt like school really didn't help like me as a creative because I learned. I also, you know, not only did I enjoy making art, but I feel like you're like a pioneer in the sense of like, I'm a visual learner. I'm an experiential learner, you know, and I had a hard time learning in the way that it was set up. You know, what really inspired you to go in that direction and, and go into comic books? Well, I mean, it wasn't until I actually had my own children. 
Uh, my son, who's in the audience right here, he's my inspiration for actually getting to the point that I am today as far as the comic book series, because uh, we went to go see Incredible Hawk when it first came out, and we had a conversation about superheroes. And just like I was referring to earlier, you know, I asked him about superheroes. And now, just give you a little contextual reference, he knows about history, he knows we go to museums, he knows about Emotep, he knows about Marco, Martin, and everything. And when I asked him about superheroes, he could name Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, all, all of these uh, heroes. But the thing that really got me upset was that he couldn't name anyone who looked like him. So from that point, I initially got upset and then that actually drove me to actually do something about it. And that's when I looked to develop this comic book series. And that's how we got to uh, where we are today as far as developing uh, PB Soldier. And it all started from the experience I had with my son, where I was saying that this was a, a problem. Because the one thing that my engineering training showed me is that we, engineers are problem solvers. So you look at a you look at an issue, you look at a problem in the community and you look to address it. And that's what I look to do with the comic book series. So I know representation was lacking, you know, where uh, individuals that look like my son and in the community that I was serving didn't have uh, heroes to look up to. So that's even why the character PB Soldier, in a sense, he's a computer hacker. There's a lot of imagery in media which depicts individuals of color, black men or, you know, black people in general in a dim light. So I wanted to be able to use the comic book medium in order to uh, shed light on something that's, you know, uh, has a great storyline, but also infuse some of the concepts as well. What an amazing way to like use your creativity, yeah. like thinking like an entrepreneur to mm -hmm. solve an issue. And back in 2005, I mean, you think about right now the, how much these characters, these superheroes are dominating mm -hmm. Hollywood. You look at what has just happened with Black Panther. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's taken so long? And do you feel now because of Black Panther, we'll see more black characters getting more representation? Well, yes, I do see that. I mean, one of the problems with all of this was uh, the people of Hollywood, uh, the, the people up top. So there, there's no diversity up top. right? When you look at Hollywood, there's not enough individuals in the writing rooms that's in the, cre in the creative rooms that uh, reflect the communities that's throughout the America. So you keep constantly getting these same stories. So what Marvel did with Black Panther was, uh, they had a test market before. Uh, Luke Cage, the TV series, right. was a test market for Black Panther. Because if you looked at Marvel's roster, they actually had Black Panther where they almost had a to-be-announced date. They kept pushing the date back, pushing the date back. And then once Luke Cage came out, and then it was a success with that, then they locked in the date for Black Panther. And then now all of the other movies started coming after that. And then one of the things that they did, which worked really well for Luke Cage, was the creative team behind it. So you had Cheo Coker, who was the story runner for uh, Luke Cage. They also um, infused a lot of black and Latino individuals who generally wouldn't have these opportunities to work on this show. You know, and with that, they saw that that, that was a good formula for success. And then they replicated that again because they were shopping around for various directors for Black Panther before they actually locked in the date and everything. Then, of course, they got Ryan Cougar. They got a lot of cast members that, that represented, the, of course, Wakanda and everything else that was going on. So that was in front of the camera and behind the camera. And that actually worked out in their favor. And now, you know, it speaks volumes to the, the amount of the leverage and sensation that came behind it. Yeah. 
and, you know, just being able to insert into this market because I was predicting this, you know, and I wanted to make sure I was positioned. So when they're looking for the next uh, hit yeah, after Black it. Panther, I wanted to make sure I was there, you know, so, uh, you know, that, yeah, that, that, get that's that pitch in. Yeah, de- definitely got to get the pitch in because they're looking for it. Hey, can, the, can we throw a Spanish superhero in the Oh, yeah, definitely. I, 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 I actually, mean, I have Latino know. representation within the comic and everything. Know. So um, no, I can play that role. No, because this is a diverse world. This is definitely a diverse world. So you definitely got to represent those individuals that sit in the community that you service. Yes. Art is something people expect as leisure time, but Nasida has done what many creators struggle with, and that's turning their power to create into a real business. This is a path we see as increasingly common with the digital age, revolutionizing how creatives are able to leverage their talents and gifts. But few people are able to consider themselves as someone just doing something they like versus building a brand or a business worth investing in. The seed as creative director was able to speak more on how he was able to transform his creative interest into something we all need to survive in our world, profit. The first thing was uh, step one, I had to list all of my expenses and my finances. I had to I had to list those things. Um, then I had to look at those and analyze them and see what were my needs and what were my wants. And with my needs, of course, I had to make sure I addressed the needs, but I had to make plans for once, you know, later on. And then the step two, I had to look at all this stuff and then I had to look at my high interest items. So those credit cards that had the high interest rates, all of those things, I wanted to attack or eliminate those things first. And after that, you know, the the one thing that I I learned back in uh, like 2006 or whatever, it was uh, transforming debt into wealth. And using that, I, I, I pretty much was work, you know, Develop the plan and work the plan. So, you know, plan your work and work your plan. That was one of the things that I did. And today, I can honestly say that I am 100% debt-free, you know, by working the plan. Um, College loans, credit cards, all of those things have been eliminated. And one of the things as an entrepreneur, you got to learn to be a minimalist, right? Because you have to be able to set budgets for yourself. You have to be able to set budgets for your your business. You have to, you know, have all these outcomes set for yourself. And then knowing all of that, you got to know your credit score. You got to know your credit score because earlier in my life, I made a lot of mistakes and uh, damaged my credit score because we didn't have that financial literacy information to be able to come out swinging and, and hitting home runs and everything, but now recuperating from the mistakes and being able to leverage those things and just building your credit back up and taking that information and now setting out to, you know, make investments, planning for those investments, or all of those things are all a part of how you're able to get your financial fitness plan. Just like if you plan to lose weight, you got to be able to plan to be financially healthy in this world. I know we talked about this too, man, like <laughs> The sacrifice it takes. Oh, yeah, definitely sacrifice. It's a lot of sacrifice. I mean, even though I, I made a lot of sacrifices, it's pretty much a part of the lifestyle. So uh, while my friends were going out, hanging out and everything, maybe going drinking and everything like that, you know, I'm home. I might have to do Netflix. I might have to do Fire Stick. I have to do all of those things. But those are the adjustments that you have to make in order to, you know, make the sacrifice to get to where you need to go. You know, because if you look at those sacrifices and then if you you work your plan and plan your work and you, you reap the benefits at the end. You know, I come from a working class family where my mother worked up until it was retirement age. My father worked up until retirement age. And then after that, you're dependent on your 
pension, your 401k and, and social security. And then now you're living at a serious budget where, you know, you were kind of splurging out a little more than you would. But now you want a fixed income and you, you really can't do much with a fixed income. So I'm, I'm looking like making a sacrifice now to reap the benefits later. That's that's pretty much where I'm at. On the creative side, a lot of creatives, they actually, you know, don't prefer really worrying about the business, oh, the business side, yeah. right? So, I, you know, even even myself, you know, mm-hmm. it took me a long time to understand, you know, the back end of the business. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, building the right partnerships or team, you know, that you can that you were able to trust with your art and your business. Oh, well, I mean, well, first it actually came from, you know, just doing entrepreneurship in general. So the one thing that I did was uh, I studied the industry. Um, I'm coming from engineering. I'm coming from education. I knew nothing about the comic book world. So I actually had to study it. I actually had to go to conventions. I had to do all of these things. To, and I, knew, I needed to know who the major players were. So that, that was um, a pathway of a success model that I had to look to follow and then take notes from that. So I did that. I went to seminars. I went to every informational thing that I can do. And then on top of that, I also did some training. So I, I took some courses at NYU to gain the information that I needed to do to even start the business. Yeah. And then to build a viable team, once I knew what I was looking for, because it was a lot of trial and error with that, I actually held the audition to see those individuals who met the vision that I had set for the company. And once I set, and once I held the audition, that's how I was able to collaborate with artists and everything and be able to form a team that, that worked, you know, worked towards a common goal. So I want to start getting ready to open it up for some Q&A. But before I do, Mm -hmm. I know you have a saying, and it's actually very similar to a saying. So I actually, on my last company, Elite Daily, we made these wristbands. And on them, it said, aspire, believe, succeed. Okay. I know you have conceive, believe, achieve. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I like that. But talk to me about the, uh, you know, explain that, the inspiration behind that. And um, how can you apply that to the creative process? Well, I mean, it is a creative process for me. So the one thing that you that you find out with entrepreneurship, with any venture that you go into, everything starts from ideas, right? So the idea is the conceiving part. And not all good ideas have to be big ideas, right? So when we talk about conceiving idea, that, that's the part that you conceive in your mind. When I was actually developing the comic book series, I conceived the idea in my mind and actually got to the achieve part because I actually came out with the thing, uh, came out with the actual comic book um, in 2012, but I didn't get to the believe part until I actually put the product into the world because uh, one thing about engineers, and if you know anybody, they're very stickler about the end product and and evaluation, but the one thing that I've learned is all about the modification. It's all about the redefining and going through the creative process. You know, so you, you build, test, modify, build, test, modify. That's, that's, that's the whole process that you go through. And I was comfortable enough to say that I was putting a product into the world that was uh, comparable to your, your Marvels, your DCs and stuff like that. And then I was confident. In, and that's when I actually got to the believe. So conceive. So you conceive in your mind, you believe in your heart and then you achieve with your hands. So that's the actual action that you you perform in order to uh, attain the goal of everything that you're looking to do. Nasid's schedule is expectedly hectic. There's only so much time in the day, and yet Nasid is there, splitting a professional life that has so many different paths and responsibilities with different kinds of motivation and objectivity, along with a personal life 
with children, requiring nurturing, inspiration, and love. We simply had to ask, how does he find the time to not only do these jobs, but do them well? Let me give you my little secret. First of all, uh, you know, it's late nights and early mornings. That's, that's what I use. I utilize that time and I cut a lot of waste out. So uh, my, my hours that I'm in the high school is very demanding. Some people have these positions where, you know, like you could double dip and you can, you know, you could cut time and everything. Um, I don't have that. So what I had to do was I had to get up earlier and I had to stay up later. And then also had to utilize my weekends. So every weekend was generally going away to a show, doing a, a talk somewhere, you know, pretty much all traveling. So, you know, I'm able to find time to do that. And then once again, I'm, I'm also a father, so you got to squeeze all of that stuff in. You know, sometimes my kids will come with me to the shows, uh, you know, and, and I'm teaching them as as they're coming to, to so they can get an understanding of what it is, what it means to be an entrepreneur. My daughter, who's in the audience right there, she runs the cash register. My son ah, does the stock that. inventory. You know, so, yes, yes, uh, but, you know, all of this stuff is training that, you know, you want to be able to set the legacy because um, at the end of the day, even though I'm a vice principal at a high school and I'm overseeing a pre-engineering academy, if I was to expire today or die today, um, you know, they will mourn for about, you know, maybe give me a week. I might get a month. Somebody may still mention me, but then they hire somebody else in, in that place. So I need to have an um, opportunity to be able to leave something behind for my children and my family. I love it. Thank you so much, Nasid no, Gifford. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Here. I'll leave this thing. Leave this well, leaders, that's our show. Again, special thanks to our sponsors at Prudential and the Grammy Museum Experience Prudential Center for their wonderful help in bringing the Leaders Create Leaders event series and podcast to life. Make sure you go to lclnork.com. That's lclnork.com for more details on where you can find this episode and many more exciting things to come, especially some of the future episodes that are about to drop. This has been your host, Gerard Adams, representing Leaders Create Leaders. We'll see you next time. Sponsored by the Prudential Insurance Company of America, Newark, New Jersey.